Welcome to NARAL's The Morning After. Each Thursday, our podcast brings you the latest on reproductive health care, progressive politics, and the fight to keep abortion safe and legal. NARAL's The Morning After is a production of NARAL Pro-Choice Ohio. Find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at ProChoiceOH. Enjoy the show! Hi, I'm Gabe. Hi, I'm Vashita. And I'm Jamie. So it's been a busy time. Yes. Again. <laughs> Again. We, we all said like after the legislature went away, it was going to get a little calmer. And, yeah. you know, but no. So um, we're going to start hyper-local and then kind of move national this week um, and start with what's happening in Toledo, which is really, really exciting good stuff. So let's start on good news for once. Good Yay. news. We don't get that very often. <laughs> Um, so Toledo City Council, I guess two weeks ago now, maybe even three, um, introduced a clinic protection ordinance. It's very similar to what Columbus passed just over a year ago. Right. We did this. Yeah. We did this in Columbus. But they didn't do this. No. And okay. it, and there's a state bill too. Um, Representative Stephanie House and Michelle Lepore-Hagan have a state kind of version of the same thing. Um, but of course, with our state legislature, that's never going anywhere. <laughs> <clears throat> so... Um, so we're kind of looking at different cities and the activists in Toledo saw what happened in Columbus and said, hey, we want to do that too. So they worked with some local folks up there and drafted a similar um, piece of legislation. So that has been introduced and we're working and we'll put in the show notes the email your the email Toledo City Council folks in support of it um, link that we have. Um, so you can take action and tell Toledo City Council why this is important um, for the clinic. Right. So this would be basically the same uh, legislative language as what Columbus used? It's pretty damn close. Okay. Um, So it talks about how um, you cannot um, physically inhibit somebody from going up to the clinic. So an individual person, you can't like stand in their way or physically block them or touch them or do anything to them to stop them from accessing. You can't block the sidewalk. I mean, the the driveway or other areas for cars to get access to the clinic. Right. And then you cannot commit disorderly conduct. So if you commit disorderly conduct within 20 feet of the clinic premises, you get an extra charge. It's a worse penalty. Okay. Well, that sounds good. Yeah. Absolutely. So, I mean, the, you know, the, the opposition hates these things yes. and they claim that it's violating their freedom of speech. Yes. But what you just described basically says, you know, Hey, be polite. Yeah. Yeah, we're protecting someone who's going to get some type of services that they already may be on a edge about or, mm-hmm. you know, just having to deal with. So. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. Like, they, you know, scream from the rooftops immediately that this is impeding on their free speech rights and blah, blah, blah. But, you know, they're totally ignoring the actual language of the ordinance and are totally ignoring that if they're not being harassing and physically intimidating and, you know, (laughs) blocking the clinic, they can do whatever the heck else they want to do. Right. We saw that in Columbus. We have a great (laughs) visual image that we used in the Columbus um, ordinance hearing where, you know, I took a picture of like a normal protest, which are annoying, but covered under your free speech rights. So totally allowed. Right. Um, and was like, this will still be allowed. And then we took a screenshot of coach Dave, one of our frequent Columbus protesters, Dave Dobbenmeyer. Yeah. If you lived in, want to Google him. Yes. If you lived in Columbus in the 1990s, um, you heard all about him getting fired as a London football coach. Cause he forced his football players to pray and the ACL, uh, ACLU sued. So, um, then he, I guess it turned to be just being a full-time jerk and, mm-hmm. Um, 
harassing people constantly. You know, that's that's such a stupid thing because my, my brother played high school football mm-hmm. and after every game there was a prayer and it was normally players from both teams on the field together and one of the players from one of the teams stood up and they said a prayer and the guys that wanted to participate took a knee and bowed right, their heads exactly. and it was fine. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and I'm a big old atheist who believes in the First Amendment, but mm-hmm. I got no problem with football players on the field yeah. praying together mm-hmm. yeah, at a public I mean, high school. Yeah. You don't need to force yeah, it. Exactly. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's what it is. I mean, it's the forcing the part. Yeah, yes, exactly. that's that's the problem. So, yeah, so Coach Dave, um, uh, one occasion, well, actually probably more than one occasion, but this one we had video of, I got so close to one of our um, activists, Michelle's video recording of him being a ridiculous jerk outside of Planned Parenthood one day that you literally can only see his nose and his goatee. Wow. That's how close to the camera he was. So like the juxtaposed picture was, this is not okay. That's not with a zoom lens. No. That's just, he was was that close. Yeah, clearly he has nothing else better to do. And and then in the the hearing, he actually was like, and that that was my face. He was all proud of it too. (laughs) So, yeah, so, okay. you know, no, the protesters will still be out there. They'll still be able to try to hand women materials. They'll still be able to talk to them. They'll still be able to scream whatever they want to scream. That is all protected under the First Amendment rights, How, how no matter how annoying and irritating it is. Right. They may pray. Yes, they may pray. They may do whatever they want to on that front. They just cannot block or impede or physically intimidate another person outside the clinic. Right. Yeah, anybody who objects to this is basically admitting that they have the intention of breaking the law and mm-hmm. don't want to face additional penalties exactly. because <laughs> it's outside, outside yeah. an abortion mm-hmm. clinic. Yes, pretty much. <sighs> okay. We've got some terrific volunteers up there. Um, this uh, is being done by the city council. They're taking this on. Mm-hmm. They're you know sponsoring the legislation. Um, but, uh, you know, it's... Uh, Spreading the word about it and mm-hmm. educating the community is being done by some really great volunteers up there. Uh, our own Annie has been uh, working with uh, the group called Keep Abortion Safe and Legal in Toledo. Yes. Um, and so, you know, we have to give them a, a huge acknowledgement for the, the work that they've been doing to, uh, to let people know you know, hey, we need this. This is something that yeah. this community needs for the protection of its citizens going into this clinic. So um, good job to them. Yes, they're Absolutely. amazing up there for sure. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. woo, Toledo. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so that's outside that clinic. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then yesterday uh, we had two events, um, one uh, here in Columbus and one down in Cincinnati, Cincinnati <laughs> outside, and I'm using air quotes, what do we do there yes exactly (laughs) so um we basically were protesting these fake clinics and um the false information that they give out to those who go to seek their assistance um you know they've been given a million dollars out of the budget um and what these basically what they do is they say that they're giving um, ultrasounds and they give you pregnancy tests and um, also give you fake information to make you feel like you should not or you will not want to have an abortion. These are crisis pregnancy centers. Mm-hmm. Yes, CPCs. CPCs. Absolutely. Okay. Um, so yeah, we did a protest in front of Columbus yesterday. I mean, the one here in Columbus and then there was the one in Cincinnati, which um, judging from the pictures went very well. It did. Very um, well attended. So, so this idea, the idea of protesting outside CPCs, this was a, a new thing for us. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and it came from Lady Parts Justice, uh, who was just in Ohio with their Vagical Mystery Tour uh, up in Cleveland. Um, but as they've been doing this comedy tour across the country, they've also been uh, organizing their own protests to expose fake clinics. That's their hashtag, expose fake clinics. Um, and in addition to the ones that they've organized, they've asked other groups uh, like NARAL affiliates uh, or just, you know, whatever community groups, supporter groups they have to stand outside these crisis pregnancy centers and let mm-hmm. people know, hey, this is not a real clinic. Mm-hmm. They don't provide health care. It's just what Vashita said. They might offer you a pregnancy test or an ultrasound, but... You know, as I've been saying, an ultrasound doesn't do any good if you don't have a qualified ultrasound uh-huh. tech to yes. actually tell you if they see something wrong. Uh-huh. Exactly. Uh, and that's a CPC. So, yeah. Um, yeah, after we wrapped up our protest in Columbus um, on Broad Street, uh, it, the, the CPC there is one that's down uh, just down the street from Founders, right. uh, an actual abortion clinic. Mm-hmm. Um, we, uh, Kelly Freeman and I, our field organizer, we drove down to, uh, Cincinnati and were met there by 25 organizers, um, really terrific, uh, crowd, some, uh, some staff from Planned Parenthood, uh, and a bunch of volunteers out there, uh, and stood outside, um, the Pregnancy East Center, Mm -hmm. um, you know, another fake clinic that, Mm -hmm. Uh, tries to let you know what you can do if you're pregnant, yes. <laughs> except they won't give you all the answers. Uh, and we, false information, too. Right. Uh, and we were out there for an hour and a half uh, and just had a really terrific, uh, you know, a terrific protest outside there, let people on the street know what this place is uh, and the harm that they do to women. Mm-hmm. Um, we shot in both locations a, a Facebook video. Yeah. Uh, and had some, you know, some really terrific uh, statements by volunteers who came out to explain why they don't like CPCs in their community. Uh, so we'll put those uh, in the in the blog post that goes along with this podcast episode. Uh, so if you want to find that, make sure you go to naralprochoiceohio.com uh, and look for this episode. Yeah, I think it was really funny. So in Columbus, um, Greater Columbus, Right to Life, caught wind of our protest mm-hmm. and decided that they wanted to counter our protest of the CPC, but told their people that instead of countering at the CPC, they should do a counter-protest at the abortion clinic, which they do every day, so it's no <laughs> different than any other day at Founders. But what I thought was really interesting was that they said, because if we counter-protest outside of the CPC, we might stop people from going in. You know, and, and they always say when they count they protest outside of an abortion clinic that it's just, we just want to give people information. We don't want to stop them from getting care. We just want to make sure they have all the information. Right. Well, in that post, you basically admitted, yes, protests stop people from right. going inside exactly. these places. So thanks a lot for, you know, showing your true intentions. Your, exactly. Yes. <laughs> your true intentions of what you want to do. And I also thought it was interesting that a lot of people would stop and ask us what we were doing. Those who may have been confused, um about why we were out mm-hmm. there and, you know, as we gave them information of why we were there and what this clinic actually does, the CPC, they were really like, wow, that's crazy. We didn't have, they had no idea. So Yeah. Well, one woman actually pulled up in her car, like right next to yeah. um, one of the volunteers that day. And um, 
it was funny because I was standing on the other side of the group, so I didn't mm-hmm. couldn't hear or in the woman like drove away with a scowl on yeah. her look. So I couldn't decide if like she was hating us right. or she was hating she was the upset, clinic. Or right? So when I asked Stephanie like what happened, she was like, "Yeah, she had no idea," and she was mm-hmm. so irritated and angry that she had no idea what was happening behind those doors. Right? Yeah. People I don't agree. like it, and and then when they find out that the state of Ohio gives these mm-hmm. anti-abortion groups a million dollars every couple of years through our state budget, they get out of even TANF funds. Yeah, out <laughs> of yeah. TANF funds. Yeah. Um, so you know they're absolutely horrible organizations <laughs> uh, that waste taxpayer dollars and, and do destructive things mm-hmm. uh, by misleading women, uh, and they're all over our state. Yes. So way too um, many. Of- those were two uh, really great protests. Um, I'm not sure if we'll, <laughs> if we'll do that exact you know thing again, but uh, I wouldn't rule it out. So yeah, yeah I think I, we had people who actually walked away. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, nice. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so that's what's going on in the state of Ohio. I'm going to talk about what's going on. Yeah, on the big scale. (laughs) Do we have to? Okay. So, um, (laughs) as we all know, and and um, a lot of us who have Twitter probably seen that Trump tweeted out a ban against transgender um, soldiers. And you know, from what I understand, being who I am, that it is not exactly policy yet, but we know that it will get there. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, this ban is basically saying that it costs too much money to have uh, transgender soldiers in the military. And this is coming from a man who dodged having to serve in the military himself. So mm-hmm. that's why I find it so ironic that you can pick and choose who can serve and who... And, and, these, and these are people who want to serve mm-hmm. their country. You know, like, they're signing up to do this. So... Right. Yeah. yeah. Well, it sounds like nobody else knew. Yeah, exactly. Like, I was it's reading a Politico <laughs> article where... So, like, his first tweet was something like, you know, I've talked to my generals and other experts, and the United States military will no longer allow dot, dot, dot. And it took nine minutes <laughs> for the next tweet to come out. So, like, there were some, I guess, lower-level... It was a political article. We'll try to find it and put it in the show notes. Like, some low-level folks in, like, the Pentagon wondering if, like, the president was about to say, no longer allow North Korea to run ripshot over and, like, announce war. I mean... That, the rest of that tweet could have been Over a whole Twitter. host of yeah. different things. <laughs> exactly. And you never know what the president, what the hell he's going to do <laughs> on right. Twitter. So, as, as a social media manager, <laughs> <laughs> you can pre-write your tweets, people. Uh-huh. You write them out, and then you copy and paste. It's not rocket science. Oh, my gosh. Okay, Nothing sorry. Yeah, Please exactly continue. Yeah. <laughs> and so, and then beyond, you know, just not knowing how that sentence was going to end, once the sentence did end with transgender soldiers to serve in our military, blah, 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 was, you know, the Pentagon officials had no idea that was coming. And yeah, like you said, like they haven't actually changed the uniform code of military conduct. And they're like each different division has to change their each different thing. And so, no, I mean, if you're a transgender soldier serving in the military right now, you are still legally serving in the military and you serve still deserve all the rights of that. But they were talking this morning on the news about how, what happens if today in Iraq or Afghanistan, a transgender soldier dies, are they actually eligible for a military funeral? Right. Are their family eligible for the military pension that goes along with that? Yeah. Do they get combat pay? Yeah. Are they, are they, you know, what is the impact of this? Even though they haven't changed the rules, what is, what is the impact of it? Right. Well, you know, that's, that's been one of the big questions the entire Trump 
administration is does a tweet from the president carry the authority mm-hmm. of right. something like, you know, an executive order. It's it's a statement of policy. Mm-hmm. And and he wasn't stating that like I don't think. Yeah, right. he was very those were phrased as this is our new exactly. policy. Yeah. <laughs> I talked to generals. I'm not Absolutely. sure which generals right. we right. talked to. <laughs> um well I've I've got one of the political <laughs> articles uh, about this open. And so their uh, uh version of events was that it basically uh this idea started in Congress. And so while nobody knew that this was being decided in the Pentagon, uh, people in Congress knew that this request was going to the White House. Um, Robert Ardenholt, uh, who's a Republican member uh, of the um, House Appropriations Committee, uh, said, this isn't about the transgender issue. It's about the taxpayer dollars going to pay for the surgery out of the defense budget. Which, I mean, the defense budget is like the largest budget of any mm-hmm. kind of yes. budget anywhere break. in the world for anything. <laughs> yes. Uh, and the idea that, you know, the United States of America can't afford a few surgeries of people who are serving our country honorably. Yes, uh-huh. Um, exactly. Is, is insulting. Actually putting and, their life on the line for mm-hmm. this country. Right. Yeah. Um, but according to this Politico article, they basically said to the White House, listen, we're not going to move forward on your border wall money if you don't give us something in return, and what we want is a transgender soldier ban. Now, I don't understand where yeah. your priorities <laughs> are and who you think elected you to go to Congress if this is oh what you were God. sent to D.C. to mm-hmm. do. Um, well, and wrapping hate in money. Right. Because really? we right. know for a fact that the military can say our insurance won't cover X because it doesn't cover abortion care. I mean, a woman serving overseas in another country where abortion is illegal can't even get to a country where it is legal to get one with her military money. Like, so they can say, you know, so this is hatred and a ban on transgender soldiers wrapped up in a, we don't want to pay for your surgery excuse. It is the lamest, most bull crap, Right. Ridiculousness. And this was a ban that was previously um, overturned by um, the Obama administration. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, apparently, uh, according to Politico, so I'm, I'm assuming yeah. that they've got their facts checked, uh, Defense Secretary James Mattis would not turn, you know, overturn mm-hmm. this policy. And so that's why they went to the White House. Uh, and it was this ugly quid pro quo uh, for border wall money of all yeah. disgusting things. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's That's, like, we're not going to let you screw over these people over here unless you screw over these people over there. That's exactly what it is, tit for tat. Uh, uh-huh. Yeah. I mean... Yeah. Um, so many people were coming up with a comparison between uh, what the, the tiny budget is for uh, um, gender reassignment surgery uh, compared to what the Pentagon spends on Viagra, mm-hmm. um, which... <laughs> The fact that the Pentagon's spending any money, ma- I mean, on Viagra, yeah. You know, I, I, I'm never a huge fan of using that. That they're spending it on Viagra because I do feel that Viagra is part of mm-hmm. a legitimate course yes. of men's health. You know, not to knock you know the drug or its right. uses, <coughs> but are we really spending that much money on Viagra? <laughs> Yes. Yes. yes exactly. We are. Yeah, that's the short answer. <laughs> I mean, it's presumably not used for the young guys in the military. You would assume it's used for the older guys in the right, military, absolutely. of which there are far fewer than the young guys. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Hey, well, generals, what the hell are you doing? Too much. Well, and, <laughs> and the other piece of the money is it costs a crap ton of money 
to train a soldier. Right. So you're looking, I've seen estimates this is of... This far more legitimate talking point yes. here. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, I've seen estimates of ten to 15,000 right. current transgender troops serving in active duty in our military right now. Right. Those are 15,000 people that you've trained. Yes. Right. That you have sent overseas that have sacrificed for their country that you're just going to boot out with a dishonorable discharge now, I would assume. Because that's what Don't Tell did. And so you're throwing away the millions and millions, probably hundreds of millions of dollars that you've spent training these troops. And you've already got people out there saying we don't have enough volunteers. Exactly. So what are we talking about here? And and also, like, you go slippery slope on this. Who else is expensive to have in the military? You know, I'm sure women are really freaking expensive to have in the military because they do things like have babies and stuff. Right. And that's really expensive <laughs> in healthcare. Right. So we're going to start throwing them out of the military too because they're too expensive to have. I'm sure these same members wouldn't mind doing so. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> On the really weird part of the whole thing, though, I guess Orrin Hatch came out and said, like, transgender people are people and they need to be treated like that. Yeah, this definitely got a mixed <laughs> response from... Yeah. It's like, I mean, I'm the, agreeing with Orrin Hatch. Yeah, it's a really know, like, weird day. <laughs> right. The request uh, apparently came from some members of Congress, but it was not supported across the board. Absolutely. McCain was one that was that uh, against yeah. this. Yeah. So it, this definitely got a very mixed reaction. Action uh, from Republicans. Yeah. Um, one, Surprisingly. Yeah. <laughs> I was really surprised. <laughs> uh, one more point on what you brought up about, uh, you know, the cost of a soldier, mm-hmm. uh, regardless of, you know, uh, gender or anything. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, someone, someone out there is probably making the argument that these people just joined the military to get their surgery <laughs> paid for. That... Anybody who makes that argument is really being insulting to every person that's in the mm-hmm. military because, you know, I've, I've had friends uh, who've had their children recently enter the United States Navy. This is not the same uh, military recruiting environment that Donald Trump, you know, weaseled his way out no. of with five deferments. It's competitive. Mm-hmm. You can, you yeah, know, 18-year-old me walking into an army recruiting center in this environment probably wouldn't be able to enlist. You know, modern military careers are very highly technical. Mm-hmm. You need good grades to get yeah. into the military. So, you know, anybody who's made it in, mm-hmm. if they then require surgery, they've already gone through a pretty rigorous recruiting process. Yeah. Yeah. They've gone through boot camp. Absolutely. You know, they they've paid their dues. You know, they have done what mm-hmm. they needed to do to get there. So and if you're saying that, oh well these people just walked in the door, yeah. Nobody walks in the door of the United States military exactly. anymore. And, yeah. No, it's a process. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So, you know, this this argument that they just joined for a surgery is insulting to pretty much every member mm-hmm. who's had to go through boot camp. In my mind, yeah. I'm thinking probably er- not every transgender soldier wants a surgery either. Like mm-hmm. yeah. you know, there's some who may, but there's some who may not. So Right. That's it's, it's it's actually personal. Right. <laughs> Each person gets to decide what they want to do. What? Right. <sighs> Imagine that. Okay, so that's that's one thing that Trump uh, mm-hmm. and some members of Congress are doing. You want to talk about what the rest of Congress, well, yeah, the U.S. Let's, Senate. Let's, let's transition because we forgot something on our thing, too, that Trump was in Youngstown this week. 
Oh, yeah. Oh, right. <laughs> we forgot that part on the How thing. can we forget? Um, and like to. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, like, the day after he did his ridiculous speech that we don't even have time to talk about with the Boy Scouts, look it up yourself, um, he now came to talking. Youngstown and had a, a kind of equally ridiculous speech, um, one in which he basically called all immigrants animals that want to, like, hack young, innocent white women to pieces to torture them to death. Um he also talked about the Affordable Care Act and repealing the Affordable Care Act and all those things, too. Our fabulous organizer, Annie Kroll, went up and counter-protested the Trump rally um, and did a fabulous speech outside of the Cavelli Center um, there in Youngstown. So that was amazing and awesome. We'll put that. We did Facebook Live for that, too. So that video will go in the blog post as well if you want to see um, Annie's great speech there. Um, so, and it was, yeah, it was perfectly timed because it happened the same day that Mitch McConnell finally got enough votes to get the motion to proceed to actually start the debate on the house version of the bill. So yeah, remember back to all those conversations we've already had (laughs) and that, that bill that Donald Trump called mean after he celebrated the passage of it in the white house rose garden. Um, (laughs) And so the Senate started the debate on, um, on that bill. Um, Portman not only voted yes on that motion to proceed, but he was actually presiding over the Senate chamber when the vote happened. So he was kind of in charge of the vote. It got 50 votes. Um, and then Mike Pence as VP and the president of the Senate, um, broke that tie as the 51 vote, 51st vote. Um, of course, the amazing Sherrod Brown voted no because he's Yay. an amazing person Absolutely. and he actually cares about people having access to health care. Yes. yes. Like our <laughs> junior senator um, from Ohio. Um, and McCain returned, still bleeding from his surgery, if you watch the video, yeah. like, to right. vote yes on a motion to proceed to take away people's access to health care. Absolutely. Which, um, I mean... I don't know. I'm not the overseer of anybody's soul or anything, but I just thought you would be a little bit more humble considering your circumstances. Mm-hmm. Um, but Well, yeah, and then he, he, he did. He voted that way, and then he gave a speech about how bad the bill was and how we should work in a bipartisan way to do things better and blah, 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 blah. I'm like, you just voted to proceed on all these votes that... It was confusing. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you obviously are not the maverick, you maverick, you think you are. Right. You know, what, what I tweeted out about it was I, I thought that... Uh, I think half of McCain's speech was a great speech. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 50% is still a failing grade. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, what, what he said was an incredibly valuable, th- there were points in there that were right. incredibly valuable. Absolutely. Um, the, the most important part being that the U.S. Senate does not take orders from the president. They are the president's yeah. equal. Mm-hmm. That is something that, you know, every member of Congress needs to be repeating over and over again. Mm-hmm. They I don't agree. take orders from Trump. Yeah. E- even Republicans like John McCain, you know, who share so much of the same ideology as Trump, should not be in a position where him and his colleagues are taking orders from the president. Yeah. Um, and so I thought that that was a terrific point to be said very clearly. Mm-hmm. That part of the speech was good. Yeah. <laughs> the rest of it, it and then the vote that came with it was a load of crap. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. So, yeah. So they got through that procedural vote. But the last 48 hours have shown us that they still don't have a plan. Like you Absolutely. went through this and you still have nothing. So they've had two big amendment votes 
to repeal Obamacare. One, a full repeal, which was a complete, total disaster, shameful, and everything. It failed. Portman actually voted no on that one. And, of course, Sherrod Brown voted no on it. Um, And then the second one, the McConnell repeal, which was a slightly less bad bill, but still a ridiculously bad bill, um, Portman actually voted yes on. So he's actually split his votes on the two big plans that they've come up with so far. And I put plans in air quotes for those not watching. Um, so he split his vote. Um, Sherrod Brown's, of course, voted no on both of them. We expect one to two more votes today, but we don't really know what they are because <laughs> they haven't been written yet. Right. Um, and so one of them will be what's being called kind of the lowest common denominator <laughs> plan. It'll be whatever Mitch McConnell can put together to get 50 votes on. So, again, it's not about making sure who this, these people get health care or those exactly. people get health care. It's whatever he can get 50 votes on. Right. He doesn't give a crap what's actually in it. It's I can get 50 votes if I put these pieces in. Right. Um, we could also see multiple votes on tiny or little amendments, kind of what we're more used to in the state legislature, ones that are more like perfecting amendments where you're changing small things, better or worse, um, in the bill, but not kind of completely overhauling it like these big, huge bills. Um, so is that where I, I heard that Rob Portman, <coughs> he was negotiating before he agreed mm-hmm. for, for that first vote. He was asking for $100 million more for opioid, mm-hmm. um, uh, combating you know, the opioid ep- epidemic. Yeah. Um, so these are these sort of yeah, things. Yeah, those kinds of things. So there, was a, there were a couple of like, democratic ones ensuring like, people with disabilities still have access to Medicaid and or those kind of things. So yeah, it's those kinds of littler right. kind of plans. I, I think these are important to note because they're almost certainly going to be the sort of amendments that people... Uh, pivot a lot of their messaging on. Mm-hmm. You know, we're going to hear from Rob Portman's people. Oh, he held out for an extra hundred million on opioid, yeah. you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. And and that's one specifically that Kasich has already condemned, saying, "Hey, even if you get a hundred million dollars for op- you know to fight opioids, it still doesn't replace the damage that you're doing by destroying access to Medicaid." Yeah. So so these little amendments, mm-hmm. people need to make sure they understand. They're not good enough. No. Right. Well, and Portman is using it if, to excuse his vote on the motion to proceed. Absolutely. We had to, I had to vote yes on the motion to proceed so that I could introduce this piece of crap amendment to make this piece of crap bill right. just as bad as it already is. Right. Yes. The bill is still deadly to many yes. people. Uh-huh. So, and Portman's AKA sacrificing AKA stay woke. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> just, yes. yeah. And so uh, beyond the kind of big picture, this bill is just horrible on 500 like major health reasons. There are a couple specific reproductive health things in the bill as well. Um, one that we've talked about a lot, um, the Planned Parenthood defunding. Right. So that would take away any sort of Medicaid reimbursement payments that would go to Planned Parenthood when they provide STD treatment or testing or birth control or any of those kind of well-woman care <clears throat> kind of... Reimbursement for care that yes. they've already mm-hmm. provided. Like your insurance does when yes. you go to a doctor if you have yeah. private insurance. Um, so people on Medicaid would no longer be able to choose Planned Parenthood as their preferred health care provider. And unlike, and I think this is a really important piece for people to know, unlike the repeal bill that would only, wouldn't would go into effect for a couple of years because I think they can fix everything before mm-hmm. it all goes away, although it would destroy the insurance market in the meantime, um, the defunding of Planned Parenthood and taking away those Medicaid payments would happen immediately upon signature. Oh, so if you're a person on Medicaid... Wow who has an appointment the following week whenever this happens, 
at a Planned Parenthood, that appointment will go away. You immediately you would have to pay. You would have to find the money to pay for that appointment, or Planned Parenthood would have to eat the cost, or your appointment would just cancel. You would lose your access to care. Right. And so you would have to find immediately another place to go. And you know, of course, they say there's all these other places people can go for care, but even those places have come back and said we can't take that patient burden. So all these people are going to lose immediate access to care. And yeah. there's nobody to take up that access to care. And and your birth control prescription is not something you can wait on. Yeah, right. absolutely. Like, you know, if I need a refill on my pills, absolutely. Right. I can't wait six gonna, months. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to be pregnant in six months if right. that happens. Yeah. I mean, you know, I have regular private insurance, just, you know, kind of <coughs> a normal health mm-hmm. insurance policy. And my general physician last month retired just because she was, you know, older and ready mm-hmm. to retire. For someone with private thin, private insurance like me, that's a pain in the butt. Yeah. You know, if Absolutely. you're trying to get it done without insurance or, you mm-hmm. know, scrambling together with whatever Medicaid coverage is left over after they destroy this. Yeah. It's going to be a nightmare. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then on the private insurance side, we're going to destroy that abortion coverage in the private insurance markets two ways. One, they're going to pass the what was the Stupak Amendment, if you were paying attention way back when Obamacare got passed, the Stupak Amendment would have um, banned abortion in all of the plans offered in the exchange. So Ohio has this. We have an Ohio version of this that got passed. This was the idea where anybody who wants insurance is going to have to get like a completely separate yes. rider. You're going to have mm-hmm. to predict maybe years in advance that, that you might need abortion. you might want an yes. abortion. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah, which people will never do. And insurance companies won't offer it because people won't buy it. Right. So, you know, it'll totally take all abortion coverage out of any plan offered in any state exchange, even if you live in California and the laws are fabulous. Um, and there will be no writers available because insurance companies just don't write those. Right. The second half of that is um, a, which I find interesting, as an organization that provides abortion coverage in our health insurance plan, we would be directly impacted by this. A tax penalty for a company that does offer an abortion coverage in their insurance plan. So if you buy a plan that has insurance coverage, you will pay have to pay a tax penalty because you want to provide abortion coverage to your employees, which no company is ever going to do. We might, but no, no general company out there is ever going to do. You're going to buy a plan that costs more money just for the hell of it. So this is basically like a lose-lose situation. Yeah. So basically, um, I mean, the experts in the field are saying that this will like basically remove abortion coverage from the entire private market. It, you know, the, the idea that, the republic the the pro business republican party mm-hmm. you know who loves insurance companies cuz they get you know millions of dollars of campaign donations every year from insurance mm-hmm. uh yeah. you know groups the idea that they would pass some sort of additional tax the the anti tax pro business yes. republican party <laughs> passing an extra tax on an insurance policy uh-huh. You know, if this was any other industry, if they said to auto manufacturers, we're going to tax you extra if your brake lights are a certain size or whatever, mm-hmm. then members of Congress would be through the roof, just yes. livid at this. Yes. And that this is their solution is an extra tax on an insurance business for Absolutely. a type of policy that their customers want. Mm-hmm. It's disturbing. Yeah. Well, and the, the the added bonus of the ridiculousness of this is that neither one of these are really supposed to be allowed in a bill like this. So if you remember back to our first conversations, this House bill is actually a Budget Reconciliation Act. 
It's okay. not a normal bill, which is why they can get it through the Senate with just 51 votes, because a Senate need, for a normal bill needs 60 votes, but a budget reconciliation bill is a, a bill that's only supposed to have certain pieces in it that relates to money. Okay. So they're kind of doing a single-subject Ohio budget crap with this budget reconciliation bill and adding right. stuff in that technically shouldn't be allowed in there. That Even the Senate par- parliamentarian, like last Friday said that, no, this Planned Parenthood defunding stuff and this abortion coverage stuff really shouldn't be allowed to be an amendment into this bill. Whether or not they follow their rules and are forced to right. follow their rules, <laughs> like we see in Ohio all the time, that that doesn't actually happen. Right. So it'll be really interesting to see where those do play out um, on on this front as well. So there are three ways this could play out. Let's finish it up with what you need to pay attention to. Three ways this plays <laughs> out. One, McConnell finds something that gets 50 votes and then Mike Pence becomes 51 and they pass something out of the Senate. God knows what it is because it's not exactly. actually written yet. The House would have two ver- two options. Pass that one and say, okay, well, let's just do something and get that passed. Right. And in that case, if it had the Planned Parenthood funding in it, it would pass the House. The president would sign it immediately and Planned Parenthood would be def- defunded immediately and appointments would start to get canceled. Oh, yeah. McConnell couldn't get 50 votes on anything, and he just moves on in the agenda. He kind of puts a hold on it and moves on to whatever else they want to do to destroy the country next. Tax reform, apparently. Probably. Um, at that, in that case, they could come back to this repeal conversation at any time. Mm-hmm. It would still be alive. They could come back to it any time they wanted to come back to it. It could pop up at any time. But we'd get a delay, at least. Right. Or the third option is McConnell's done with all this crap. <laughs> And he can't get 50 votes, and he brings something to the floor, and it fails. And at that point, it's all dead, because the House bill has failed to pass the Senate, and they've got to go back to the drawing board with a whole new bill. We never win anymore. (laughs) (laughs) So with that one, I mean, we would still be having the conversation. That would be kind of the most, well, I guess the first option is also very definitive, but also very, very bad. So, (laughs) you know, I think the third one is the kind of the most definitive and the most winniness of it all. Um, (laughs) There is such a thing. (laughs) Is that, you know, this this bill would be dead in its current form and they would have to do something. So whether it would be, you know, a... John McCain, let's all come together and figure out how we can make things better or if it would be an even worse or whatever the heck it would be. Right. Jeez. Uh, You're fun, Jamie. I started on good (laughs) note, but I I ended on... Okay. It sucks. There's really no way to get around it. So call Rob Portman and tell him to continue to vote no on every single thing. And also, while you're at it, call Sherrod Brown and thank yes. him yes, for all of his no votes because he really needs the thanks. Yep. Yeah, I agree. Right. Thank you, Sherrod Brown. Yes, thank you. Okay. You want to wrap us up here? I do. But before I do that, I wanted to um, quickly just say that um, on behalf of myself and I'm sure Nayra, that we wanted to send our condolences to everybody who was affected in the tragedy yesterday. Uh, I didn't want to leave that out. Um, the Ohio State Fair tragedy uh-huh. and... Um, you know, my 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 prayers go out to all those who are still in the hospital, but definitely to the individual who was killed. So. Yeah, yeah, that was that was terrible. Um, yeah, I was in Cincinnati last night and came home, and my wife was literally like shaking. Yeah, it was scary. It was disturbing. So. Yeah, scary. yeah. You never know when when an accident like that is going to happen, and people you love is gone. So yeah, right. 
so, okay. yes. Um, we, will, <laughs> we will move on now to uh, our Let's Get It On section um, of this podcast and basically kind of talk about things that we have going on, um, such as this weekend, we have mm-hmm. Youngstown Pride. So uh, that's going to be with our organizer, Annie, who's going to be there. Um, and, you know, I will say for everyone who's in the area, Youngstown, um, well, maybe it's later, I don't know, Youngstown, Akron, Kent, Ravana area, you know, Warren, come out, show your support. Um, definitely. Yep. Anything you want to add? Or? No, and then we got um, on Saturday, too, in Columbus, the, what is it, Stand Up for Care or whatever. Nope. What is the name? Our Lives on there the it Line, is. Flash Mob and Community Potluck. Uh, so this is being hosted by uh, the Ohio Women's March, uh, Planned Parenthood. We're helping out. Um, they're going to try and get together as many people as they can and put on a flash mob to spell out Protect Our Care. Uh, I believe there may or may not be a drone photo of the yes. thing to get it like from <laughs> the sky. Well, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> but so it should be a good event. Um, so that is happening tomorrow, Saturday. Um, Saturday, July, they're going to be 29th. 29th, right? yep. yeah. Uh, from 11 a.m. to 3 p.m. That's at the Summit on 16th Methodist Church. 82 East 16th Avenue, Columbus, Ohio, 43201. Yeah, basically right across the street from Ohio State's campus. Right. Uh, So as with all of our fun events, go to our Facebook page and click on the events tab uh, for more information on fun stuff. Yep. So, all right. Anything else? I think that covers it. (laughs) Okay, cool. Okay, we'll see everybody next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.